so welcome back, folks, to the RPI Athletics Podcast. I'm Joseph Isacano. We are recording here from the Goat House of Troy, New York, and joining me today is the literal goat of RPI hockey, Lavisa Salander, and two-time cross-country captain, Karina Bolton. So, just kind of tell, how do you guys know each other? How does a cross-country runner and a hockey goaltender become become friends? Well, what can I say? Our friendship sparked in Capstone. Oh. <laughs> All the, the pain and suffering just like brought us together, you know? Okay, so for our for our listeners that don't know what Capstone is. So it's our little... senior, it's our last semester senior design project. We have to take everything that we've learned in chemical engineering and apply it and make a project. Okay. Okay. So we'll... Since this is an athletics podcast, we're not going to talk too much about that. Thank you. It seems like it's a pretty traumatic experience. (laughs) But but, so we'll start off with you, Lisa. Uh Um, How did you get involved with hockey? And sort of just did you have a backyard rink? Was it a family thing, or was it just oh look, that's cool? I'm gonna Um, shoot around. It was actually so I have two older brothers, Oscar and Jacob. They're two and four years older than me, and my parents put them into hockey. So my parents never played hockey. Um, and they really yeah, they put them into hockey and me into figure skating. And uh, that didn't really work well with me. Um, I wasn't too happy in figure skating, so I asked my parents if I could join Oscar's practices, and so I started up with the 94s and then did the hockey school with 95s, and then eventually I reached my age group, and then I played with the boys until I was 15. So Wow. So I actually, you mentioned figure skating. I read an article that more for the first time in forever – uh, there are more girls at like at six, seven, eight years old playing hockey instead of figure skating. Wow! So just, I mean, I don't know how much you want to talk about like the growth of the game of women's hockey. I feel like, especially since the NHL All Star Showcase with Kendall Coyne mm-hmm. Schofield going around the rink with in the fastest skater competition, it's really it's kind of been pushed into the sports sports limelight and now yeah. she's doing now she's doing broadcasting yeah NHL i mean i think this year especially has been really huge and after the u.s won the olympics last year i think they got a big voice here in america and they all i think everyone on that team had a goal to grow the game and it's amazing to see what they have done over the past year and i think i mean it is exciting that girls want to play hockey but i also think like starting out in figure skating is such a good start and a lot of hockey teams actually have a skating coach that's a figure skater the Flyers act. Yeah. I'm from Philadelphia and the Flyers skate. Yeah, coach. just because it's so good for your technique and skill to just learn the basics. Okay. So, yeah, so you're actually going to be playing professional next year, right? And in, I forget which team you got drafted by. It was Boston. Um, it was Boston Pride, but I don't know. You, you might not have seen this yet, but it's um, a, basically a boycott started for um, oh. uh, professional women's hockey in America right now. So, Every women's hockey player is kind of posting on it online um, about us trying to take the power into our hands to actually form a real league with the CWHL right, folding. Right, because there's two there, too. Yeah, so the CWH folded um, right before World started, um, okay. and they're out of business right now. And then, um, so NWHL is the only option right now, and we're trying to get a boycott of that to actually form a real professional league that will be just like providing the chance for female players to play after college and actually have it be an opportunity to just focus on your hockey career and not have to do work and play. And and, play yeah. That's, yeah, that's cool. I actually, and I, 
I know it's starting to get more viewers. I the USA Canada game, like they had a rivalry mm-hmm. series series this year, and it got tons of viewers yeah. and stuff. So it's out. There. It's possible. I think yeah. a lot of it has to do with marketing and and whatnot because there's definitely the fans for it. Mm-hmm. So, um, growing up in Sweden, how did you find out about an engineering school in Troy, New York, that had a D one hundred? Because like like how's the recruiting process work? It's a little different for di- between Division One and like we're Division Three athletes yeah. and. Uh, like especially and then so just kind of talk about that the recruiting process and how yeah, you so, found our yeah. um, my older brother Jacob actually went to Mount Mercy University and played golf so he's four years older than me so I kind of saw him go through that process and finding a school and he really enjoyed being in the U.S. and getting to play golf and try out college because at home we don't have athletics in school I was gonna ask is, is yeah, there like so a we, Swedish college hockey league no so like we play through my whole life I had played club and then you just go to school. So I always had like my school friends and my hockey friends. Um, huh. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, I knew I really liked sciences and math has always been easy for me. So I wanted to go in that direction. And I had a lot of friends in high school who were going to the Royal Institute of Technology after high school. Okay. Which is kind of the big engineering school in Stockholm. Okay. This is in Sweden. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, just me looking into it and seeing that it wasn't really a possibility to do both. Um because even in high school, it was pretty hard with, we would play games in Sweden, you played Saturday, Sunday, and then every once in a while, like once a month, you would have um, a Wednesday game. And I mean, it was a lot of school that you miss and just seeing how college is kind of built on the fact that you can do both. Yeah, you can do both. You still miss classes. You miss classes, but (laughs) like the professors and your coaches are so aware of what you're going through that you have a lot of support around it. That's cool. Very interesting. I never knew that. So yeah. How did so you're from? How do you and there's a couple European players on the mm-hmm. team. You, Josephine, Lily, Lily, and sort of how did you? How do you guys get recruited? As opposed to like, did, like do the coaches fly over to watch you guys play? Because no, I know so, like a lot of them drive. You you can drive to Canada. Yeah, and, yeah. And so a lot of kids here go to showcases and they have a lot of tournaments. So coaches, you know, throughout the years they'll go and watch them. But for me, it was, um. I think I was like 16 or something when I figured like I really wanted to go to college and so I started doing the SATs and stuff like that and then I just started emailing D1 coaches and saying like hi my name's Lisa I'm a goalie I'm from Sweden here's a video from a game like put it on YouTube so I have like a couple of games on That's YouTube cool. um and just sent them my grad year and said are you interested and then so yeah it was basically just like an email conversation at first and um the RPI coaches reached out and invited me for an official visit. Um, and then, you know, I got here and I really, really liked the Did school. Did you look anywhere else, like RIT or because you said you liked the sciences? This was that. the only school I visited. Wow. Yeah. But then I was talking to Union for a little bit too and a couple of schools in Minnesota. I was going to yeah. say, because, I mean, you're very, obviously, one of the best goaltenders in NCAA history. So how did, like... You kind of, how did Minnesota and Wisconsin, like those powerhouse schools sort of miss you? I mean, I actually, so I think I'm a late bloomer in that case because I never played for the U18 national team. And I mean, this was my first year on Team Sweden. So I kind of, I've been under the radar for a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess I know the men's team is like that too. They don't get like any of those top, like top first, second round draft picks, but they, they get like those late bloomer kind of players and. Oh, so that's very interesting. And then, um, how did you guys both decide on chemi? Like, because you said you like science and math. What chemical engineering? Like, that's one of the hardest majors <laughs> at the school, and I know it's been a grind. So, what 
Because I mean, I I picked aerospace engineering because I, I like planes, like I like seeing fly through the air and stuff. <laughs> but like chemicals, like what do you like? Going to the pharmacy and looking at. I came in as undeclared, like full on undeclared. Whoa, okay. Yeah, and then I thought you know engineering would be cool, <laughs> and I started doing research, and I had a couple teammates in BME. Okay. But I hate biology. I can't learn it at all. It just goes in and out. Like, <laughs> I think I got a B minus in intro to bio and I was like, nope, never again. Well, yeah. that's perfection. Wait, wait, you're not accepting a B minus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I think I picked chemi because it's like one of the broadest engineering yeah. and I had absolutely no nice. idea what I wanted to do and what I was really interested in. Okay. So I just, you know. How about you? Karina? Oh, well, so it's actually kind of funny because I, in high school, I really liked chemistry. I really liked math and I actually wanted to go to like in chemistry and, um, but my AP chem high school teacher was like, oh, like chemical engineering is like really worthwhile. Like you should try it. And I thought, Annoying. oh, it's going to be like, yeah, I was like, oh, it's going to be like chemistry and math. And it's like, not really that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you got um, a job lined up. And yeah. Worth yeah. It. It and you, get, you met a great friend. Exactly. exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that, so now we're going to talk about you a little bit, Karina. Uh, you've run with some phenomenal runners here. Jamie Lord, Mary West, Shannon Trant, yada, yada. Um, the women's team, XCGM, has consistently been in the top 20 and at nationals. And what do you have to do as a leader? Because you've, you've done this twice now. You've been a captain yeah. two times now. What do you have to do as a leader to keep that consistency? And was there anything you learned from previous captains that was effective that you sort of implemented? Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, I think... I don't really view myself as a very, um, I think I'm an outgoing person, but I think in terms of leadership, I, I try to lead more by example, I think. Like I looked at people like, for example, like Allison, who was kind of quiet when she was captain. I think, okay, Allison Thayer's now yeah, a coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, but I think she um, kind of behind the lines, I guess you could say, uh, like if someone was like dropping back on a run, like she would go and run with them. And um, obviously it was always supportive and positive. And I try to be that way. It doesn't always work out, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think from both of my years as being captain, I think I just tried my best, you know, to support my teammates and, you know, um, I don't know, just like do what I can to, you know, listen to what they have to say <laughs> so now you're also a captain of your team and so like you you kind of talk about how you talk about being positive and cheering for your teammates and stuff but you can't really cheer for your teammates when they're on the ice yeah and you're like you guys are kind of working together it's a little different from track and field so what do you what did you learn from previous captains um i think just seeing so my freshman year we didn't actually have any captains it was just kind of okay. senior leadership Okay. Um, and then we had co-captains my sophomore year and then one captain last year. And I think I think what really like reflected well with me was someone who leads by example, but then whenever they need to, they can step up and kind of, you know, set the team straight. And that's kind of interesting too, being a goalie, because I'm during the game, I'm mostly by myself. Right. And I don't really see what's happening on the bench. And I don't really, I can't really tell what the energy is until after the period. And okay. I think it was really important that we had three assistant captains that were on the bench and took that role to just, so I could kind of just be the person. Who, in yeah. The who, I, yeah. In I could kind of just be, be the goalie you. during games and just focus on myself and they would step up into that role during games. That's very cool. That's great. So 
Let's kind of talk about the team cultures of your teams and if you guys have any funny stories from road trips, because I know you guys traveled all the way out to Minnesota mm -hmm. this season and you've traveled all over the place and you've been to nationals three times as on cross country. So just any like funny stories or just talk about your team culture. What's it, what's it like being on a women's team here at RPI where it's a mostly male school? Oh, well, first of all, it's been one of the most fun and best experiences I've had at RPI. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, I I think every day just at practice, I love coming to practice. It's like the highlight of my day, honestly. And I just love like no matter what happens that day, like coming to practice and then everyone just has, you know, such a good attitude and everyone's like ready to be there and ready to, you know, go for a run. And you go on a run, you talk about some stuff and it's it's great. It's yeah, great. you can't really talk at practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the one thing I do it's different about Yeah. That's another thing, one of the many different things about the two sports, but Practice is kind of like for runners, it's like a psychology session. Like you, you can kind of vent about the rest of your day, whereas with yeah. hockey, it's more intense. You're just kind of like physically getting all like the stress and anxiety out of your day. Uh, but so you talk about what's the what do you think is different about being a D one Division one athlete here as opposed to maybe a Division three athlete? I mean, I really don't know like D one versus D three, but I think what's fun about a hockey team is that. I mean, it's like 24 of your absolute best friends that you're with every day. And, you know, like before a practice, you get changed, you play music, some, you know, who's dancing, you know, who's singing, you know, who, <laughs> who you hope isn't singing. And so just, who's, the, who's the worst singer on the team? Because you, you specifically mentioned that. I think Amy is, Amy, is one of the, Amy is one of the worst ones, I think. But she like, she'll full on dance to it. Like if you start any song. She'll start moving. Like as soon as the beat comes on, like you can just see her moving in her stall, and you're like, "Oh, it's about to go down." <laughs> yeah, I think one of Amy my most Rancy, wild yeah, cat. wildcat. One of my most memorable ones, I think, was I don't know if it was before six a.m. or something, and oh, we had a long practice and did a lot of skating, and then after, someone put on like "I'm a Survivor." Oh, just, okay. Um, yeah, and everyone just sang along, and it's I think music is a huge part of our team. Okay. You got any funny stories? Of oh, who, who's, who's the worst singer on the girls' team? I don't know. I mean, I don't. I think oh. I. I feel like I'm always the person like dancing. So oh, okay. we don't really, I don't think we necessarily sing. And if it is singing, I feel like personally, I'm usually the one screaming really loud. So <laughs> I can't really hear anyone else. So, so I think um, that award goes to you. Yeah, probably. But. <laughs> I like to think that I can match pitch because I did choir for four years when I was in mm. high school. So you guys should do karaoke night together. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> I did choir when I was a kid too. Oh, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. We gotta harmonize. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe later in the show. Maybe later in the show. Oh no, we haven't rehearsed anything. Oh, we'll, fe we'll figure something out. But um, so any funny road trip stories oh, that you man. can think of? There's like I don't know. It's just all of them are just super fun. I'm sure there's one specific one that's probably funnier than the rest but uh, if it comes up we'll, yeah, we'll talk yeah, about we'll it talk later about it. <laughs> so um any advice that you guys would give to incoming freshmen who you're not going to know but they're going to be joining the teams that you're leaving do you know have you actually met any of the recruits i actually weren't here when they came for their visit i think most of the freshmen coming in for next year came for the 
I don't know. I think it was like an orientation weekend Except or something. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And okay. I think most of our incoming freshmen actually went to that and got to meet a decent amount of the team. But okay. do you have to bring in a goal? Cause you and Kira are both. Yeah. So they're bringing two goalies. goalies. They're bringing in two goalies, one Canadian, I think. And then the other one's a Norwegian that I actually Ooh, know, which I'm wow. really excited Oh, you know her? About. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've been a camp counselor for, um, it's called college hockey showcases and they've had a camp in Sweden for the past three years where I've been a counselor and just, um, they're just bringing in kids from everywhere. We had like U.S. Canadians. We have a couple of Japanese kids that would come. We had a Spanish kid one year, Swedish, wow. Norwegian, Danish. That's awesome. German, yeah. Just, so it's really it, yeah, it's, it's spreading it's, around yeah, Europe now, yeah, not it's, just because it's, it's always been Sweden, Finland, in Europe. It's been Sweden, Finland. Those are the hockey, mm-hmm. the hockey, and Eastern, like Russia and Eastern yeah. Europe. But so it's starting. To, you have you, is it noticeable over there that the the, the game is growing? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think what's exciting about this camp, too, is because they invite, you know, college coaches that can come and watch the kids that they can't really see during the year. Okay. So it's a lot of fun to just bring in, I mean, kids that half of them don't speak English and you're just trying to get them together. And it's so a lot I actually of fun. want to know, say something about that. You, when did you learn English? Because there's no accent. <laughs> but, we, I mean, we start in first grade. And I think when I was wow. really young, I think my mom would, you know, like every once in a while when we were babies, she would just speak English to us to see if we would catch up on it a little bit. But I think it is so much easier nowadays with TV and I mean, I'm a huge YouTuber. Like I'll watch, okay. yeah, <laughs> I watch anything on YouTube and just my favorite TV shows. And actually, I think one of the big parts was, so I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. Okay. And <laughs> so my mom and dad got really mad at me for just rereading the same books every summer break. I used to do that too. Yeah. And then I was like, but what if I... <laughs> What if we get them in English so I can practice my English but still reread the same story? And they were like, okay. That's good. Yeah. So I got to, I think I've read them like 10 times in Those Swedish are and like books. four or five times in English. <laughs> <laughs> now you speak another language as well. Yeah. I speak Polish. Okay. So how did that sort of happen? Well, so uh, my mom moved to po- moved from Poland to here when she was like 25 and then met my dad, whatever. Yada yada, you know the story. Along comes Karina. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think, uh, well, my mom is like, like, like wanted to keep in touch with her culture and everything. So she taught both my brother and I Polish when we were kids growing up. So um, honestly, like every every night before we went to bed, we would like sit down and like read a book or something, or she would like go through like grammar with us or make okay. us like write some write some sentences or something and then it got a little tougher as I got older because with the school and you know yeah um, you're hanging with yeah. your friends and say yeah your well no it was just like we didn't really have time to like do like the like everyday like lessons sort of and then um um but the other thing that helped too was every summer I would go to Poland for like a month or a month and a half when I was a kid and like honestly like being there and being in that environment where like everyone's talking to in Polish like it's crazy because like I'll go there and you know usually like I think in English but I go there and like literally a day after being there I start like having thoughts and like dreams like all in Polish it's crazy <laughs> sometimes so. I wish I could speak another one <laughs> yeah. do you not speak Polish too no actually so my mom is from Poland but my dad is born and raised in Quaker Town Pennsylvania which is where I grew up so he's I mean he's left for like college and stuff like that but other than that like it's never left there so (laughs) yeah okay so you both can speak foreign languages but can either of you communicate with other animals kind of like Charlie Kelly does on it's always sunny in Philadelphia with birds (laughs) can you like do you think you could speak with come closer to the mic this is La Visa everyone this is 
and that's the dog. <laughs> yeah, you didn't introduce sushi. This is, yeah. So we're here with Sushi. Who introduced Sushi? Sushi is my girlfriend's dog. He's a three-year-old Australian Shepherd. He's a very happy boy and is a little annoyed that we're not paying too much attention to him right now. <laughs> we'll bring him up. No. <laughs> but so <laughs> I, I have to. I I I I I tried to get like I tried to learn a fun fact about the person before I bring them on my show. Like Karina told me that Bud was afraid of glitter, so I I was made sure that I mentioned that. And then and then she told me that you could do bird noises, and yep. I just was absolutely baffled. So that was very impressive. I can you, also where did do that come from? A semi sketchy goat. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> So where did these talents come from? Uh, I don't actually know. I think I was just, I used to walk to school and home when I was in middle school. And I think just on those walks home, I just like to whistle and I feel like a, I can. So I don't know. I don't know why whistling comes easy to me, but. Do you ever do this during the game to like freak out an opponent or something? Like make them think there's a bird in front of them? No, but I definitely bullied my cat for a little bit with it. <laughs> But then I think it, it took her like a week before she knew it was me, but it was really funny for a little bit. Okay, all right. So now it's trivia time. Oh. We got some we got some hockey and we got some some running in there too. So how many games did RPI women's hockey win by one goal of the season? Oh. Cause you were responsible for most of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say six. The answer's ten. Ten. Ten games. One by one goal. Wow. Yeah. Well, a lot of them were one zeros. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, because I know yeah. we had a couple of the one zero. So I actually most of the so one only one of them was it was the Cornell game in the playoffs when Blake scored the empty the empty mm-hmm. there. But I included that because you guys were up one zip for pretty much the entire game <laughs> until the very end. So yeah. I included that. But so yeah, the answer is ten. A lot. That was. Pre- I thought it was a very. Yeah. Yeah, because a couple of them you you want you had yeah. a couple extra goals. So but yeah, ten of those wins. Okay, now here's another one. This is more chemi. So I don't know. If, oh, what, oh, nice. Before Doctor Jackson, who was the president of RPI, and what was their job before RPI? I don't know. <laughs> no. Something very physicsy. Okay. <laughs> Cornelius J. Barton, and they were the CEO of Door Oliver Incorporated, which was a chemical engineering firm. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Cool. This is for you. How fast can LaVisa solve a 9x9 nine nine Rubik's Cube? Uh, it's really fast. What is it, like 26 seconds? Think about it. 9x9. Nine nine. It's 9x9, nine nine nine, nine. not a 3x3. Three three. A normal, yeah. Nine a normal by, size one. So three here, we got three. two Rubik's Cubes here. We're gonna have you guys solve them, but so this is a three by three. Yeah. So a nine by nine would have much bigger. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Okay. Oh. Um, you actually you had the right. You bigger. know this from freshman year. Where's the sophomore year? Nah, this is another birdie told me this. Cause I think it barred buds, but I, maybe you weren't thinking yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, that's how Bud told me about yeah. this. Yeah. So he said right digits, so right? Because you said twenty seconds. Twenty. Six seconds for a three by three, right? Mm-hmm. So do a little math, multiply it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay. I can only tell you it's a lot more. <laughs> um, it's still very impressive. 
26 minutes? 27. Very close. Damn. Yep. 27 minutes. It really started to... hurting your hands at the end because it's so big and heavy Stop. that you're kind of just like... Yeah, what? <laughs> it's insane when you read about like the world records for those things because yeah. it's nuts. So let's see you do this one. Oh, I can't know. Do you think you could do how fa do, you, do you think you could do a three by three and a four by four before she could do a three by three? Can you solve one? No, I've never solved it. <laughs> okay, never mind. When I when I used to practice it, I think I could like I used to average under thirty seconds on a three by three and under two minutes on a four by four. Okay. Well let's just see you do this. Okay. Sixty-four seconds. Wow! Yeah. So a little out of practice. Yeah, but a little out of practice. Nice. I've been doing capstone. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so back to trivia, and this is also very interesting. You, either one of you, could get this because you see this guy's name every day. So which RPI hockey coach also coached the lacrosse team at the same time, and which athletic facility is named after him? Oh, is it Harkness? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ned, Ned Harkness. Ned Harkness. <laughs> yeah, I so I just wow, was okay. searching through and found he coached the lacrosse team and the hockey team at the same time. Wow. wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. He did not want a break. <laughs> <laughs> so and um when did RPI Women's Hockey become division one? Um, I should definitely know this. It's more recent than you would think. Yeah. Is it 2006? 0506? Oh, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. All right, we, got, we got shirts. It was like 40 years of RPI women's hockey. So even just the program is pretty new. Because mm -hmm. oh, they God. started out from going club to right, eventually D3 and then D1. Okay. So now we're going to ask you a running question. Uh, Unless, I don't know if you follow running at all, but <laughs> so in the Olympics. Shalane Flanagan won the New York City Marathon in 2017. She was the first American to do it in 40 years. Who won the who won, who was the previous American? Oh. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't know the answer. Okay, so <laughs> Mickey Gorman. Okay. Yeah, and then back to hockey. Uh, what is the longest game in NCAA women's ice hockey history? Oh, RPI was a part of that one, wasn't it? Yes, they were. Who Seven overtimes? Five. Five overtimes. Oh, so yeah. That was going to be the next question, but and do you know what the score was? The sign is up in our lounge. Score and the and the the opposing the opponent. It's an ECAC opponent, so. Was it 2-1 Yale? Quinnipiac. Oh, yes. Because that was our freshman year. We went to overtimes and they were like, oh. It's going to happen again. Yeah, throw back to, <laughs> throw back to that time. <laughs> so, yeah, RPI 2-1. And who, do you know who had the game-winning goal? 
I do not. Laura Gersten. Ooh. Yeah. And so I'm not, I think you may have played with this girl. Um, who was the MVP of the is about the NWHL Isabel Cup Finals in 2018? And she also had the scoring title. Alexa. Alexa Grushow. Yep. yep. Yeah, she was a senior my freshman year. Okay. Absolute beast. <laughs> really? Oh. Man. Yeah, she would she would work hard every single second she was at the rink or in the gym. Like she would be the last one finishing her lifts because she did them to like her absolute breaking point. Like she was oh. I've never met such a focused person ever. Yeah, we have half hour lifts, so <laughs> <laughs> it's kinda just glorified and the, stretching. And the, and the last five minutes is for rolling and stretching. So yeah. and we don't usually get in there for the first five, ten minutes because we're too busy goofing around. <laughs> Uh, so who's the only RPI XC regional champion on the girl side? On the girl, Gracie. Yeah, Gracie Tilton. And then, um, and two more, two more questions. Still trivia time here at the RPI Athletics Podcast. Uh, which RPI XC women's alum competed at the Boston Marathon? Shannon. Shannon Tramp. Did you run with Shannon? Yeah, okay, she was a senior when I was a when I was a freshman. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And um, what is the name of Shalane Flanagan's book? Um, eat um, eat slow, run fast. R- run I'm slow, very impressed. Ray, run, run fast, slow. eat slow. Okay, as uh, long as I put the words together. A ner- uh, <laughs> not yeah, run slow. Nourishing yeah. recipes for athletes. <laughs> yeah. So, do you ever use that book? Uh, no, I've probably, like, maybe made, like, a recipe or two off of something that I, like, found on Pinterest or something that's just popped up. You like, you get, you get recipes from from the book, from Pinterest? Yes. Okay. You like following the recipes? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Explain that. Um, I don't like using recipes at all. Um, it kind of pains me. Like the other day I like made banana bread, like, and I followed a recipe and I just like, I don't know, I tasted it and it just did not like, it was probably So how do you make fine. your food? I just. <laughs> Cause that's ridiculous. <laughs> how I often just, is your food I, yeah. <laughs> No, I just throw things in a bowl and just hope and pray it comes out well. And honestly, it's worked for me 75% of the time. There was one time, um, so I like to call it pasta cereal, which sounds really sketchy, but you know how you make fettuccine? <laughs> so you make fettuccine alfredo by taking pasta, you cook it, you like cook it in milk, and like the ideally the milk is supposed to like boil off, and then you add like the cheese, the garlic, whatever. Um, but I and so you know how when you fill a pot of water fill a pot for the pasta like you like fill up like yeah. water way more than you yeah. need and you dump the water out yeah. well so i kind of did that with the milk and uh, barely any milk like boiled off so it was, uh, it was just a uh, pasta um floating around in some very warm milk <laughs> while we're talking about pasta <laughs> yeah so this is a swedish thing that a lot of americans think is very gross do you put ketchup on your pasta no. no. <laughs> Tomato sauce. One of my... Oh my god. One of my like <laughs> go-to meals is you cut up some bacon, put it in a pan, you boil some pasta, mm. throw it all together, ketchup. What? <laughs> it's like 15 minutes and you got yourself a great dinner. You can also just get a jar of tomato sauce and pour that on too. It has to be ketchup. Wait, so bacon, ketchup. pasta, and ketchup. 
Oh no, I put like ketchup on everything. Like the other day, I was talking about mac and cheese, and I was like, at home, we like one of our. I've okay, heard of ketchup yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, like family dinners. It's just like yeah. macaroni, ketchup, and meatballs, or yeah. any type of pasta. So is this like one of your like pre-game, pre-game? Like, what's your favorite pre-game meal? What's your favorite pre-race meal? Uh, so I go with the classic peanut butter and banana sandwich. So like, is that morning? I'm talking about night before. Like you night get before, pasta, like pa- you guys do pasta party. Oh no, I just it's uh, whatever I have available. Especially like now that I'm in college, like it's whatever I have available <laughs> that won't, uh, won't destroy my stomach. <laughs> so um, no, I usually I usually try to go for like balance. Like I try to get like two vegetables in there, like um, some some protein, and then maybe. You know, like potatoes or something. But, oh God! How yeah. about you? Bacon, bacon, bacon <laughs> with ketchup. No, I mean we're actually fortunate enough to get uh, pregame meals with the team. So oh, okay. on home games on Thursdays, we have uh, dinner at the rink with everyone, and then oh, nice. on road trips, we'd leave on Thursday around noon, or depending on what your class schedule looks like. Sometimes we push it to like four, depending on how far away our opponents are. But mm-hmm. so we we always have team meals before our weekends, and it's. Mostly, you know, chicken and rice. <laughs> Nothing too fancy. Every once in a while, you know, if it's a birthday or something, we'll get some cake, and oh. I'm always first in line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got like ice cream. We got like a full like ice cream sundae bar for I think it was JoJo's birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Quinnipiac or Princeton, but wow. <laughs> and then we, I think, immediately in the in the team group chat after we were like, we need to perform tomorrow. We got to do this. Like, we just got ice cream at dinner. We need to be good tomorrow. <laughs> So how'd it go? We were really good. It was a really good I weekend. Think we and I it think out. It, yeah, I think no. it was all due to ice cream. Yeah. My freshman year. Hear that, Coach Vines? We need more ice cream at these. <laughs> no, at these my pre-dings. freshman year, before we won Liberty Leagues, um, Mary West, Maddie Deary, and Allison all swore by you eat ice cream the night before a meet. And we won Liberty Leagues. Mm. Yeah. And so. actually you guys I think a lot of athletic power lies in ice cream. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we got any ice cream here, Vince? Yeah. I'm here with my producer, Vince. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, obviously, so we're, depending on how this works out with the Women's Pro League, the boycott, uh, are you looking forward to the to just sort of being a professional yeah. and being able to focus on that? Are you, or are you also working as a chemical engineer? Have you so I'm, I'm uh, waiting to hear back from a couple companies, but I'm... And are I mean, they I in am, Boston? Yeah. Okay. So I am so excited about, you know, the future. And I think my dream ever since I was a kid was to play in the Olympics. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Just the international competition. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I think it is a bit unique being a goalie because, I mean, it takes some time to just gain that trust from your coaches and uh, be given the opportunity to play in uh, big games that means a lot. So I think, you know, it's a couple of years away for me reaching my goal as being a starter for Team Sweden. But I think that's always been my dream. And um, I'm definitely going to fight for that for another three years and see see where I am at three years. And I mean, definitely, you know, the main focus is going to be hockey for the next three years. And That's cool. That's good yeah. you have that opportunity. Yeah. Cause... And I mean, that's always something my parents said too. You know, you, you fight for your dream until you're... Until you're dead. Yeah. So my older brother played golf and he played on the Swedish tour last summer and he's been playing, he played in Spain for a couple of winters and my parents are so supportive of our athletic dreams and they, 
you know, they support us in everything. And even though my dad is my biggest chirper out there, but <laughs> oh, oh, he, he's Does got he some come great to the games? Comments. He comes to Troy for the games? Yeah. So my parents, for the past three years, they've come twice. And my brothers have come a couple of those occasions. But this year they came for senior night and then they're coming for graduation. So that's awesome. And I mean, it's great to be that fortunate enough for my parents to be able to come here and watch me play and so they tune into the live to the live stream yeah yeah so usually friday games are a bit too late i mean they start at midnight at home where it's right, six yeah, hour time, time difference so it depends on the day if they can watch it or not and you know every once in a while i get a message after a game and they're like oh good game or you know and i think they are rewatchable so yeah yeah they're on youtube and they usually watch them live and especially i mean i think they tune into every single sunday and once they had a dinner party and they were like, oh, we got to turn Luisa's game on. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely, I mean, they're huge fans of uh, RPI athletics and the TV that they do. And I mean, my parents were, I introduced them to Perry when they were here oh, for boy. senior night. And I was like, Perry, they're your biggest fans. You got to come meet my parents, please. Perry, and, yeah, he's good. He's good. Yeah. Uh, so you've played an international competition. We were talking about with Team Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the best player either on your team that you've played with or played against because like you have you ever been on the ice against Hallie Wickenheiser or a player of that um, caliber like I think it was really Marie cool Philippe to Blair. see this year I mean I played against Gable for all my four years here at college and to see oh, how Lauren well she Gable. did at Worlds it was really amazing and um I mean on our team like the starting goaltender Sarah Gran is an absolute role model I've never seen someone who's that I mean she's in absolute great shape she never looks like she gets tired and it's so cool to be able to see that and be like that's what I want to be when you know in a couple of years and did you that. like watch her growing up like was she one of your like who yeah. were you who were you like every athlete has people that they look up to who who were the people that you looked up I think to? the two main ones were in 2006 in the Olympics in Torino and um the Swedish men won gold and Henrik Lundqvist was in that and the the women got a silver and that was the first Kim year Martin, that yeah Kim Martin was in the US that. Were... and it was I who mean was I was, again I'm sorry I interrupted Kim Martin was the goalie for the Swedes and I think as a 10-year-old, just seeing that, I was like, that's my goal. That's what I want to reach. And it was actually really fun, too, now that I'm getting up to this age and getting on the national teams and to be able to hear back from those players that you looked up to for so long and kind of almost call them your peers and friends. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, um, the the goalie played in 2014 for Sweden in the Olympics. Valentina, you know, sent me a message and said, congrats on making the team, and I hope you do well at Worlds. And, I mean, that means so much to me. Wow. That's very impressive. Yeah. That's just that those doors are open for yeah. you and whatnot. So, and do any of them play in the pro league or what, what may become? The pro um, league? yeah. So the starter for Sweden plays for Luleå this year and they won the Swedish championship. Um, oh, the, there's a women's pro league in Sweden. Yeah. So pro is debatable. I think some of the, um, some teams are connected to SHL clubs, which is the men's league. And so I played, so I played boys up until I was 15 and then I got recruited to a women's league. Um, I played for SD, okay. um, which is kind of, it is a bit of a bottom team and it's kind of just like, I mean, Helene, who is the kind of GM of that team is absolutely amazing. And a lot of the work comes down to her, but she's so passionate about hockey and her daughter actually went to Yale. So my freshman year was Hannah's senior year, so we got to play against each other oh, in college, cool. and we were all teammates, so that was a lot of fun. But So what's it like playing against the guys? Like, do, do you – is it – I mean, is it different for when, when you switched over? Like, did um, you ever feel like you were out of – because obviously you're very good, and it's – I know a lot of – they say, like, oh, there's smaller goaltenders, but you're not small. You're six feet tall, so. Yeah. Um, I think – 
Because I quit, or I quit boy talk. I changed from boys to women's when I was about 15. And I think that it matched to a certain degree, kind of like, because I mean, that's when boys are really... Start to grow. Yeah, they start to grow and they start to get strong and big. And that was a really good time for me to switch over. And I mean, I'm really fortunate to have played with boys for that long and to have a team that just like, I was just like a boy, you know, I was just okay. their teammate. Yeah, so I... It was basically the same team the ever since I was a little kid till I grew up. So I was always a part so of So those team. were your hockey friends. Yeah, they were my hockey friends. You said you had your hockey friends yeah. and your school friends. Yeah. Your hockey friends were a bunch of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I got the opportunity since my brothers played too. I got to practice with my older brother, Oscar, a lot too. And when I switched to women's, he switched from, so he played to under 20, pretty like elite level. Okay. And then he played for the women's team that I played. They had a men's team in Division Four, so he kind of just played for fun for that year. And I got to go on their practice too, to still just see the shots that the boys take. And I think that's the main difference. I mean, they're just strong and quick. Gotcha. But I think if you just compare the speed from, I mean, really high women's to boys, I think it's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's like pretty it's similar. getting pretty it's similar, similar right now. Watching the U.S. Canada games, especially, it's yeah. It's impressive. Yeah, it's like really they're impressive. they're so fast, and I mean it's it's not just like a visual thing. Like we saw Kendall Coyne Schofield competing in the fastest skater competition, and yeah. she beat one of the guys. Yeah. And but her time was right there with the not like and just any random NHL players. Yeah, it was the fastest the NHL fastest players. The fastest NHL players, and it's so cool to see that and to be able to just put stats on it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the boys have more physical strength and that's just natural but to see the speed that she has and just the hard work the edge that she work. puts into it and yeah a lot of it comes to technique yeah so why did you become a goaltender because that's I just, it, that's a I niche just, position yeah i just really like it i think and um so when we were kids we had all the pads is it was yeah, the, the pads were really <laughs> cool. I, that's why i switched when i was younger i yeah i was a skater and then i was like i think it would be really cool to wear all these pads yeah except i played roller hockey and so it was it was in the springtime and 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 it was it got hot and, and so I, real sweaty. then i realized i didn't like it because i'm wearing i'm wearing borrowed hockey equipment because it, it was the rec league and they just had literally just bins of goalie equipment and like i'm amazed that any of it fit yeah it's actually being... one of my like one of the funniest things ever when at the end of the season so you usually get like one practice to just play around with at the end of the season and sometimes you're like goalie switch with players and the one thing you hear from the players is like your equipment is so heavy and so warm and you're like yeah <laughs> yeah but we do this every day but i think i really like the equipment and when we were kids, me and my brothers, we had the Stanley Cup video from like uh, Colorado Avalanche, and one of the greatest Swedish hockey players of all time, Peter Forsberg, was on that team. And big flyer guy. Yeah, so we were huge Colorado fans when we were kids, and Patrick Waugh was on that team, and I think I really looked up to him. And then we got street hockey gear because we were always out playing on the street, and my parents got a street hockey gear which like matched Patrick Waugh's setup. And I was so like, you didn't have a backyard rink. That's me. No, no, we actually didn't, but. Mm. Actually, the Solentuna where I played boys, we had, so when I was really young, it was like one rink and then we had an outdoor rink. And then when I was about 12 or 13, they actually built um, a roof over that or like they built kind of a half-assed rink, <laughs> um, which was our practice rink. But it was so nice and they gave us, we could leave our equipment. So when, from when I was 13, you just, you went to the rink, you practice and then at the end of it, you just hung up your equipment in your that's, a, that's cool. so yeah so like all the youth teams had spaces to leave their equipment which really helped out our parents too and you know yeah. if i had goalie practice on a friday after school i could just take the bus to practice and then they'd Not come the pick me up again yeah 
So how, yeah. how we're gonna go now we're gonna talk to Karina. Um how did you get involved with running? Did you do any other sports? Because I really didn't I didn't like fully commit to running until I was six sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, so actually um after I tried track in seventh grade and I actually really didn't like it until about like three quarters of the way through the season. What'd you I, do before? I did like the four hundred and hurdles. <laughs> no, I mean before you started. Oh, running. um I didn't I just uh, my parents put me in gymnastics and soccer and uh, I was really bad at gymnastics. I was the like I convinced my parents to let me quit when I was the only seven year old still on like level one. <laughs> so yeah it was not it was it was rough. But um yeah and then I uh did track in seventh grade and I didn't really like it until like finally they put me in the mile and I kind of like started to like it a little bit more but then the season was over and then it I didn't like it enough to do it in eighth grade but then um my freshman year of high school I was actually gonna do volleyball but then they wanted us to come um over the summer and have practices and I just really wasn't about that I was like (laughs) no it's my summer I'm not going to any kind of practice and then my high school coach one day during gym class was um said yeah, we need some girls for the cross country team, and I was like, oh, "Why not? Let's give it a shot." And I stuck with it. And now you're a three time national qualifier yeah. and one of the best 10k runners in RPI. Yeah. So, yep, that's that's my story. Wow. <laughs> yeah. true, true natural. It sounds like. Uh, no, it's a lot of work. I was a pretty slow when I started, but <laughs> but I well. The thing is, when did you like, start to get that development? So uh, my freshman year of high school, I like just did it because I wanted to and it was like fun. I found like running as a really like good outlet for, you know, like stress and just like a lot of things that were going on. And I just really liked the girls that I got to hang out with. We were a very small team. So um, I made like friends that I like still talk to to this day. And um, because I mean, you when this is a very you joined a very competitive program. Yeah. Shannon was gracie like Mm -hmm. jamie all american like all american runners on Mm -hmm. the team Mm -hmm. and what like what sort of how did you realize you could run at this level um well i really i just like didn't want to give it up like honestly um that's kind of how it's been it's just me just constantly pushing and not wanting to give up even when like there's been times where it hasn't been great (laughs) but um yeah, I just I just don't want to give up. Like, <laughs> so, very inspirational. How was the process like for you? Because I know we talked about like my process of getting mm-hmm. to RPI. How was it like for you as like a cross country yeah, runner did- and wanting to be a chemi? Yeah, well, so I uh, I well I knew I wasn't good enough to like go like D one or anything, <laughs> but I I kind of like I didn't I didn't want to like totally like give up running like because I enjoyed it so much in high school and. But I really wanted, like, a good education, and I wanted to get a degree that when I graduated, I knew that I would have, like, options, like, with jobs and everything, and... Um, so did you reach I, out to coach, or was it sort of yeah, just so I showed like, up I and were like, at, I'm going to join the team again? Well, I, like, looked at, like, schools that had engineering and science that were really good, and then... I kind of would like also then look, oh, what kind of team do they have? And I would look for, um, you know, if they were D3 or not. And the schools that I was looking at that were D3, I like reached out to the coaches and I reached out to coach. And then at some point, I think um, my senior year of high school in like December, he reached out and he's like, oh, if you're coming to visit, you know, um, let me know. And so I met with coach. I walked around campus a little bit and I was just like, oh, I think I like would fit in here. And 
Um, so and then you met the goofy team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I'll definitely. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> how big is the change in like, because I know you, yeah, I mean, you guys run for time. So how mm. big is the time difference from like D1 to D3? Do you guys know that? Mm. So it depends because <laughs> like we've like our, our guys team has raced at division one races mm. and, yeah. and won. Like Grant O'Connor, we he raced the 10K at Bucknell and he won like the entire thing. Like they're mm. teams from all over the place. And Jamie, I know, used to do that too. I, I yeah. think fought, Ben Fazio used to call it D1 pedigree, I think. When yeah. he, would, he, he would make fun of like beating a Division One runner. Not, yeah. not against anyone. <laughs> but I mean, it is so interesting because your sport yeah, is like really, you can with. just like compare stats and be like, this is how fast mm-hmm. I run compared to D1 students versus... For us, it's kind of like it depends on the day and who you're competing against. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hockey is so much just like emotion and if you're ready to play. Versus you, it's like I can compare myself. This is the time I got for a 5K. Let's look at like a D1 5K time, which is really interesting. For, for like recruiting, you can yeah. just literally send times as yeah, opposed to. You, yeah. you can send, oh, save percentage in this. But it matters but what against who you're are playing you against. Yeah, and like I know what league are you in, who you're playing against, and like what are the top shooters. Like if you're playing against someone like Gable when you're a little kid, like. You're going to get sniped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know because I mean, like for, all, for example, on the girls' side, like I think Jamie has the 5k school record it's like 1642 that's what i run 3k at (laughs) (laughs) and and i think like i think what like really good d1 like women runners run like 1530s or something like that that's usually but but then on the guy side for example like like faz ran like what 14 low yeah and then 1407 and then i think the i think well at bu um the the Bowerman Track Club, that guy ran like a 13.25, which was like the world leading time at the time, I think, or okay. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's like not that's as pro. big. That's yeah. Bowerman's pro. Yeah. So. yeah. So but that, that difference, like, it's not, it's like the, the difference between like the women's and the men's are kind of different, I think. Okay. Yeah. So um, how do you balance, how do you balance being a D1 athlete and then you you pretty much run for a coach that thinks he's a D1 coach. Um, <laughs> well, he runs his team as, as if it's a Division One team. And how do you manage that while also doing Kemi, which is subjectively the hardest engineering major at the school? Like, I know it's like to be competitive and, and what, like other others athletes will say different things, but it's... Because you said you you had six a.m. practices and Amy was dancing ready to go. Oh yeah. But uh, so we don't. Uh, you you've never really had. We we haven't really done morning practices. But um, no, my freshman year we had eight a.m. lift on Thursdays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it was lift like or was it just no? Like, it was legit. Actually, no. It was like it was like way more legit than we had lift out. Like you guys missed out. Like your <laughs> class missed out. Like I literally. Did, did you have so it with Coach clubs. Joe? No, it was with Justin. Yeah. But we'll have to talk to Justin about this. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to bring Justin on a, on an, on for another show because he's always got a lot to say. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> What's your relationship with Justin? Oh, I love Justin. I think. I mean, does he ever give you like personal uh, weight weight training exercises or? Yeah, I mean, he actually. So um, after the season, I mean, after I went to Worlds, I came back and I texted Justin. I was like, hey, would you be willing to set me up with a summer program just to stay in shape for the next hockey season? And he, you know, he just said, come into the office and we'll talk about it. And he was like, you know, this is this is Ovi's program. What do you want to do this summer? And 
I mean, I have some shoulder issues. They just kind of pop and lock and they're not great at the moment. And I said, you know, if we can do dumbbells instead of bench press and I still want to do all the major lifts. I mean, as a hockey player, we would have, we would have two lifts. So this season we had two lifts a week. Okay. And one of them was like hand cleans, uh, match with, you know, some just core work. And then we did, we always did hip thrusters. Okay. And then the last two sets was more like body weight. And then the next day was squats and hip thrusters again. So do you and Kira and Jen have anything different because you're goalies than, than the skaters do? Um, we do goalie ice. Um, Explain. So, Cause, I mean, cause... Cause, I mean, basically a normal hockey practice is more focused on the players. And right. we're just, you know, in that trying to slap pucks. Yeah. Versus a goalie ice is more focused on you and kind of what you you want to focus on right now. Or, I mean, me and Tara would get together every week and look at the last games and, you know, see like... I meant in the weight room. I, but you, you oh, you meant in the weight room? Yeah, yeah this is, this is like on the ice. So, yeah. so we'll like go through video and see what I'm struggling with or see what I want to focus on. And then we do a practice, usually Tuesday mornings, because that worked best with my schedule and we'd get on the ice and focus on some things I wanted to improve and just, you know, post works and different angles. And a lot, a lot of goalieing is like put into like angle one, two, three, four. And a lot of it's kind of like almost like mathematically calculated. You just want to be in the right position to make the save. Okay. So if you're always in the right position, you're going to put yourself in a greater chance of saving the puck. So you work with the coaches a lot, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, in lift, I just go through the normal lifts and okay. then Justin is pretty, you know, he talks to us all the way through the lifts and to see how we feel. And we kind of put, so this winter we were put through a program where like the first week was a lot of reps, lower weight. And then we was like three sets of, you know, eight reps. And then we went down to five reps and then three reps. And then we maxed out the last week. And okay. then we would repeat. And yeah, we're on a similar thing. Yeah. Probably not as much. <laughs> but <laughs> half an hour of lifting the bar. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I talk about how you guys balance the athletics and the academic because you're both in the same major and both were in the same capstone group. And like we said, we're both very committed athletes. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a challenge, but I think if anything, it forces me to manage my time personally. Like I always know that um, Friday nights and Saturdays are going to be for meets for the most part, like on occasional like off weekend, like maybe not, but um, I just know that Sunday when I walk into the union, it's grind time. <laughs> it's time to get everything done. Yeah. And I, me and I just took my last final ever today, so I guess it worked. Good job. <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, but I think it um, really forced me to just man- learn how to manage my time. And RPI just, is just such an academic yeah, school. Yeah, so... Um, other than that, I don't know. It's just, um, also just in general, um, ha- like our team having, you know, a good GPA is kind of a motivation to, you know, oh, like, okay. you know, also like try to like do well because, you know, it'll um, reflect on the team too. And also obviously because like I want to get a job. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have study hall too? Because I know like our, when you're a freshman on the hockey team, you have to do study hall at the rink. Oh, where the yeah. coaches kind of watch well, you. And then, we did that freshman year. Yeah, yeah. and then depending yeah. on your GPA, you do you yeah. get out of it or you stay into yeah. it? I think, so, like, our coaches yeah. are pretty, like, they're invested in our academics mm-hmm. and they just make sure yeah. that we're doing well. And I know that some people in study hall now, they can either go to the rink and do it or they can be like, hey, coach, I'm doing this at ALAC right now and it counts mm-hmm. for their hours. I think you have to do three hours a week of, like, just, like, someone monitoring your studying, which yeah. really semester, helps freshman year. Oh, yeah. First semester freshman year, we have uh, mandatory, like, well, there's a four-hour uh, time block, and freshmen are required to do two hours every Monday. So, 
All right. So um, this is another thing I want to bring up with uh, with um, what was your favorite moment in RPI athletics in, in, in like in your career here? Was it the 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 because so for those of you that don't know this, Lavisa holds the NCAA record for saves, career saves, all time saves. And so was it that moment, or was maybe a playoff game, your freshman or sophomore? Because you you've st- you've played every year. Since yeah, you were yeah. Um, so I think I mean the biggest moment of freshman year was taking QPAC to overtime, and they finished as a first seed in our league, and we were eighth seed, and it was kind of like QPAC's gonna run us over and. I think those are the moments where I step up and I'm like really competitive and I'm like, no, I'm going to show them who I am. And goaltenders can, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun as a goalie. Cause you can kind of see when you get into their heads and stuff like that. And I think, I think one of my favorites moment uh, this year was at Cornell um, when we won our first playoff game ever. I mean, it was my first playoff game or first playoff win in my career. And um, the Cornell goalie came up to me and she was like, that was one hell of you a guys game, almost like, sold the first game too. That was yeah, yeah. Really it's a lot. Of, it's it's a lot of fun because you know after every game in hockey, you know you shake your team, like you shake the other team's hands and go through the line and just to see the kind of respect you have for the other team and some players go like hell of a save there or like really good game and I think those are like my really favorite moments as a as a goalie when you get to interact with the other team and kind of see who that they respect you or that they thought you played a good game and that means a lot. Okay. Yeah, and that Cor- that Cornell goalie is so I mean so funny, and at the end, you know, they won at the end, and she was still like, great career, and we like we just hugged it out. That's cool. Yeah, which is Very cool. cool. Yeah, it's cool to have that with opponents. What about you? Um, so I'm gonna have to pick uh, regionals my sophomore year of cross country. I think because that entire season it was like my freshman year was the first year that the women's team had gone to nationals in a while and got the school record like place uh, ninth at nationals. And so sophomore year kind of going in, you know, like no expectations. And, but we were kind of struggling because our top two runners were, were, uh, well, Jamie was kind of coming off of an injury and so was Maddie. And um, so we were trying to just like build up this team. And then I think at regionals, it just like all came together. And to be honest, I don't remember half of that race. I just remember, the last like 400 meters of just like running down like this like straight away which is like awful dusty like gravel and it was just that day like I felt like our team just like blossomed <laughs> it was it was crazy because we all just had this like grit and um yeah just one of my like one of my favorite experiences of, all right yeah so I think that's gonna about do it for the RPI athletics podcast number two Coming to you from the Goat House of Troy, New York, I'm Joseph Pisacano, joined by Karina Bolton and Lavisa Slander. Thank you guys for your time. And Sushi. I forgot to interview Sushi, sushi took a little nap here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, now, now he's up. Yeah, he's up. Well, thank you. And thank you to my producer, Vincent Petrino. <laughs>